Welcome everybody, it's Thursday. NFL picks are on the way, but before I give you those, I need to give you my own take on power rankings. I'm giving a little bit of a twist, something unique, something new. We're going to start that off with this episode today of Max Sports. Again, my name is Max, bringing you amazing football talk Monday through Friday, five days a week. Let's get this episode started off right. We've all heard of power rankings before, if you're a sports fan by any means. It usually means someone that actually doesn't play sports is trying to rank where every team is in their respective league. NBA, NFL, NHL, anything. Power rankings usually aren't official. They don't mean anything except talking points. Now, I wanted to add a little special effect to mine. I wanted to give you meaning to be a part of my power rankings. Now, I don't want to do all 32 teams because you know what? All 32 teams don't deserve to be on my list. There are 14 playoff spots available. I will do 14 teams. Those will be the ones that make the power rankings. Everyone else, sorry, you're off the list. I'll tell you who just missed the cut to start things off. Then we will go 14 all the way up to numero uno. And then I have a special little twist for you at the end of this segment. So to start things off, who missed the cut? Well, here are the reasons why I also have these teams missed out. Chargers. Unfortunately, they just started off with a loss week one at home. Uh, Yes, they played a great opponent. The opponent ends up being on this rankings list. But again, it's better to start off with a win than a loss. Next, the New Orleans Saints. Yes, they did start off the season undefeated. And yes, there are teams that don't have wins ahead of them. But I was not very interested in their game. I saw a lot of the highlights. I watched a lot of film on this one against the Titans. It looked like the Titans tried to lose more than the Saints did to win, and it was never a very pretty game. Not impressed with the Saints week one. They just missed the cut. The next one, the Cincinnati Bengals. Sorry, with a performance like that, they have turned back into the Bungles. And until they actually have a quality win and Joe Burrow throws for a touchdown, on this show, henceforth, the Bengals will be known as the Bungles. Finally, I got the Commanders just missing the cut. Um, They were the only team to go out and beat a team that wasn't trying to win. So again, a sloppy, messy loss to a team that wasn't even trying in the Arizona Cardinals is not something that impresses me. You're off the list. Now, our our power rankings have officially started. Let's let's get this underway. Um, To start things off, at number 14, the Los Angeles Rams. Now, these power rankings start for this week. Next week, they update. So if a team goes out and embarrasses themselves, don't look at my power rank. This is for the week. They get to be here for this week. And I'm putting the Rams up here at 14. This Rams team looked closer to their 2022 team in week one as opposed to last year. They started the season off smacking the beaks right off of the Seahawks in their home opener. Matthew Stafford looked rejuvenated and passed for over 300 yards. Kyron Williams had two rushing touchdowns. They did this all without Cooper Cup, and that wasn't a problem at all. The score didn't show that at all in a 30-13 to victory over Seattle. By the way, that is a scoregami as well for people that know what that is. It was the first time a 30-13 to game took place. Um, but the Rams dominated in this one. It wasn't, a, it wasn't close at all. And it was in Seattle. Very impressive win for a team that's supposed to have playoff expectations. At 13... We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I'm going to do some puns here. Ready? They baked 
the Vikings. Baker Mayfield had a great performance for, for a guy that had no expectations coming into Tampa Bay. Did they look great on offense? Not really. Did they get the win on the road against the Vikings, though? You bet they did. The Buccaneers came into this year with no expectations and a journeyman quarterback. Mayfield played well enough, though, to surprise the Vikings and lead them, uh, lead the Buccaneers to an upset. I'm still not sold on this Tampa team by any means. Uh, and I think this uh, was still a, a good win, though, a surprising win, one that I did not expect for them to have. Honestly, though, unfortunately, the reason why they're so far down, even though, again, they're undefeated, is that I think this game showed more concerns about Minnesota than skills of Tampa. But a win is a win. Welcome to the Team Buccaneers. And I'll, I'll be honest, spoiler for maybe the second uh, segment, I'm liking this team to potentially win this weekend. At number 12, I have the New York Jets. This team would be much higher if it wasn't for the devastating news about Aaron Rodgers' Achilles injury. I'm putting them up here, though, because their elite defense and Garrett Wilson carried them throughout the game. They were the reason that they knocked off the Bills on Monday Night Football. I think the expectations for this team have severely changed, but as of week one, they had a big emotional win, and they are undefeated. Up at number 11, we have none other than the Atlanta Falcons. You could argue that Atlanta has the best run game in all of football this year so far. They had a solid win against the Panthers team to start off their year undefeated. Quarterback Desmond Ritter didn't show too much to impress me. But again, I've always viewed this team, and I've said this since the offseason, this team could contend for the division based on the run game and the defense alone this year. Into... The top 10. We got none other than Go Pack Go, the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love picked up right where Aaron Rodgers left off by beating the Bears handily. Love threw for three touchdowns in his first start this year. Fun fact, Jordan Love now has more games with three passing touchdowns than Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields does in his entire career. Yikes. Moving on to number nine, we have the Baltimore Ravens. A large victory to start the season for the Ravens gave a lot of fans optimism. I am concerned over the J.K. Dobbins injury a lot, though. While they are a very elite running team, Dobbins is a dynamic player that adds to their strengths. And uh, I'll be honest, Lamar didn't have an amazing performance in this first game against Houston. But they showed enough and got an easy win against a struggling rebuilding program. I put them here in the top 10. At eight, I have none other than the Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Browns made the Bengals look like a joke in their first game of the season. A dominant win against the favorite in the division turned a lot of heads. Miles Garrett was chasing Joe Burrow everywhere. Deshaun Watson didn't wow me by any means, but there weren't a ton of quarterbacks that did that for me this week. He played enough of a game. He, he played mate with his feet. He did a really good job out there for Cleveland, enough that they had a very handily, easily win. And honestly, I would take Cleveland potentially to win next week as well. I'm really liking this Browns team so far. At number seven, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Whoa, 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 they have a loss. Well, yes, this team has lost already this year. But if there was a way to make a loss seem good, it is this one. A one-point loss without your best weapon on offense and defense is nothing to really worry about for the Chiefs. They may start a little slow in my eyes, though, if Kelsey continues to miss time. So I probably had him as number one as the reigning defending Super Bowl champs and knock him down to number seven, only because, again, 
this team did not look good without Kelsey and Chris Jones. Now, since this game, again, perfect reason why rankings change. Chris Jones is back. Travis Kelsey is day-to-day. He could play next week. Depending on that, though, could kind of change my mind on if they're going to win this upcoming game or not against Jacksonville. At number six, we got the first kitty team. Kitty goes meow for the Motor City Kitties. The Detroit Lions are number six. The Lions had the most impressive win going into week one, going to Arrowhead Stadium, and knocking off the defending Super Bowl champions on ring night. While Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones were both out, it was still Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes out there last I checked, and they are always looking to bring a fight. This win was a huge statement win for a team that has consistently struggled in games like this in the past. The Lions look legit, and honestly, in my opinion, I'm seeing this as the third best team in the NFC right now. Up next, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags, well, I'll say it this way. This Jags team looks more complete on offense with the addition of Calvin Ridley. They look even better than they did last year. Trevor Lawrence, again, didn't wow me. We've talked about this before. It was a rough week for a lot of teams offensively to start off the season. But you know what? He played a complete game and always seemed to make the right plays to have the Jags at a comfortable lead. I don't think any Jacksonville fan was worried about them losing this game. At number four, I know I said there were only three teams ahead of the Lions, but man, we got to give credit to the Dallas Cowboys here. America's team deserves to be in the top five after dismantling the G-Men in MetLife Stadium. This defense looks very solid on all units, and the pass rush was relentless with seven sacks. Dak Prescott didn't have to show much in week one, but I'm not going to hold that against him. Again, the defense did enough. Two sacks or not two sacks, seven sacks, two fumbles, interceptions galore. Again, Dak Prescott just needed to walk on the field and they were going to win the game. At three, I have none other than the Miami Dolphins. I believe Miami was the best-looking AFC team in week one. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are the best receiver duo in my eyes, and Tua did a great job airing the ball out all game. I worry about the defense without Jalen Ramsey, but they were able to get a road win against a playoff contender in week one. So I do give the Dolphins some credit for that big win, despite giving up 30 points. Again, I do worry about the defense, but Jalen Ramsey should help with that when he gets back and is healthy. At number two, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. This team might have the most talented roster in football. They went out and dominated the Patriots in the first half on the road in New England on Tom Brady Day. I think there are still some holes that need to be filled on this roster left by players that took off in the offseason after the Super Bowl appearance. Miles Sanders and C.J. Gardner-Johnson were huge losses for this Eagles team. I think they have plenty of talent, but they need a little more experience. I think that will show as the season continues, but... This, this Eagles team didn't dominate New England by any means. They got off to a quick start, then almost blew the game. So, again, it's a win. You're a top team. You're the runner-up in the Super Bowl. They get to be number two. Number one on this list, the San Francisco 49ers. This team showed almost zero flaws in a solid against a solid road opponent in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brock Purdy might finally be the answer at quarterback for Kyle Shanahan's offense. The defense still looks like arguably the best in football. Uh, it looks scary as ever, and it had Kenny Pickett for the Pittsburgh Steelers struggling all day. 
This 49ers team deserves to be at the top of the power ranking list. They had the best the best performance in my opinion. It wasn't the best win. It was, you know, but they looked almost unstoppable against Pittsburgh. It didn't it looked like a college team playing an NFL team. It, it, I never once for a second thought that the Steelers had a chance once I was watching that game. All right, on to our special rankings. The week one power tankings. Yes. I need to shout out for the teams that seem to uh, believe that the offseason is actually the regular season and vice versa. There were three teams on my power tankings list that did a terrible job playing football. I call it the tankings because it looks like they're not really even trying to win. At number three, I have the Tennessee Titans. I believe that week one loss to the New Orleans Saints will be the first of many disappointing losses for this team. Unfortunately, Ryan Tannehill looks cooked. Three interceptions and couldn't do anything to help this offense. This may be the start of a team that should have started a rebuild last offseason. Several ugly losses, bad quarterback play, going to backups at positions, players wanting trades. This is a team that I talked about could be up for debate for a rebuild in the offseason, but they chose try and run it back. Doesn't look like this team is anywhere near playoff contention. Number two on the power tankings, we have the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona did a great job acting in week one. You'd say Leonardo DiCaprio is out there acting. They managed to look competitive early against the Commanders, but they managed to pull away late with a defeat to preserve their tank for the season. Overall, making their season still have meaning, if we're being honest here. The Cardinals are not trying to win. They're trying to get Caleb Williams and most likely move on from Kyler Murray. They need to lose every game possible to do so. But again, you have players fighting for jobs. You have coaches fighting for jobs. They're they're still going to go out there and play their best. So the fact that the Cardinals were able to go out there, do a great performance, getting a loss, keeping their tank alive, but still keeping it close, got to give them a little pat on the back for the power tankings. And at number one... The G-Men. Yes, the New York Giants managed to score as many points as I did in week one. Zero. While fans of the Giants and the Jets both had their dreams crushed in week ones, the Giants were the only ones that lost historically to the Cowboys 40 to nothing. Yeah, Daniel Jones looked terrible. Saquon Barkley did nothing. Dexter Lawrence could barely get anything off on Dak Prescott or the Cowboys offense at all. This was not a game at all. The fact that it was on primetime, if it was a different game and it was just a normal Sunday, I'm pretty sure the broadcast crew or, or the whatever had it, CBS, Fox, whoever would have the game would have switched it and made the national broadcast something else because it wasn't even fun to watch. It was just painful watching Daniel Jones take seven sacks. Felt bad for the dude. So they are the <laughs> the. the the tanking ranking champion so far. We'll see if they will keep a top of the power tankings going into next week. Tell me if you like this format. Thought it was a fresh take on something that's been stale and happening for a long time. But again, we don't really have much happening today. We don't have a football game. We don't have a recap. So you know what? I thought this would be a fun segment. Tell me what you think in our comment section below. Just a heads up for all the listeners out there, Max Sports is on YouTube now. Now, I have a page. I haven't had a chance to really set it up, 
nor post anything yet. And for the short-term future, you are not going to be getting Max Sports episodes on there. I still have to figure out the best way I want to change the format of this show where I don't have any video whatsoever to YouTube. However, we have a page, and that is something that we're looking at in the long term. So if you're someone that loves YouTube, loves listening on there, keep an eye out for that because that's something that I think is a huge step up, and I think that is the, the future of this show. So again, I'm very excited to announce that. I'll give you more details when I do. Um, I have a link to it, but uh, there's no content on there, and there's one subscriber, which is myself. So <laughs> I'll give you more updates when that happens. But again, just wanted to let the fans know before we get into our next segment. All right, what everyone has been waiting for, it's time for the pick. So, again, I went 10-6 and six last week. Not too bad. Not too shabby. Let's see if I can do better this week. As of right now, if you are playing along with me on the ESPN Fantasy app for the Pigskin Pick'em, you are all looking at the leader right now, myself. Um, not too bad with a 10-6 and six spot. Uh, there's someone that went 10-5, and five, one pride 85. And then again, Cameron and CC's Revenge, you were 9-7, and seven, just one spot behind me. It is anybody's race still, but I seem to have had the best week one. Let's see if I can continue it with some uh, more good picks for you guys. To start things off, Thursday Night Football, we got the Eagles and the Vikings. I'll be honest, fly, Eagles, fly. If there's one thing you need to learn about, it with it's going to be this Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Statistically, he has won like two primetime games ever in his entire almost decade-long NFL career. Anytime he has a meaningful game, he does not show up. Playoff games, primetime games. He's lost like 30 of them. Do not pick the Vikings. You're smarter than that, people. Take Fly Eagles, Fly. Take Jalen Hurts. I'm picking the Eagles as well. This might be my favorite game of the weekend, and that is Packers at Falcons. Both of these teams are coming off of bad, rough seasons, New identities. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Matt Ryan is gone. It's the Desmond Ritter era era in uh, Atlanta. And then for Green Bay, Jordan Love. It looks like he's, you know, again, has been a has been an NFL vet for a decade, throwing three touchdowns against the Bears. I really am having a hard time picking this one. I've been flipping back and forth, but you know what? I'm going to lock it in. Give me the Falcons. I think that their offense is designed to exploit the strengths and weaknesses of the Packers defense. You could argue the best player on the Packers defense is Jair Alexander. Well, he's a corner and uh, the Falcons don't want to run the, or don't want to pass the ball. They want to run it. So again, their best strength goes against the Packers best strength. It, it doesn't match up well. I think the Falcons have the best run game in football, and they might have a bit better of a defense than the Bears did. It's the first road test for Jordan Love as a starter. Oh, wow. Wrong with that. This is going to be a second road test. They have yet to have a home game. That's interesting. But I am still taking the birds on this one. Give me the Falcons. I think that this could be a step up in competition for Jordan Love. If he wins this one, though, don't be surprised if I'm picking the Packers a lot more throughout the rest of the season. Here's one that I think is a fairly safe pick. Whew, please tell me I'm right. I'm taking Buffalo over the Raiders on Sunday at 1 o'clock. I think that Josh Allen's going to have a bounce back game. It is crazy. Quick note with this. It's crazy how fast people are jumping off the Josh Allen bandwagon, how they were calling him the GOAT and how he's better than Mahomes when he had a, a lot of turnovers. Yes, 
he is a turnover machine right now. His last two seasons, he has more turnovers than games played. Not, not a good look. He's still a very, very elite player, and I think that he will be the winning factor against the Raiders. On to the next game. We have Ravens at Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals on this one. They burned me last week, but you know what? I'm going to try again. We'll see if it works. I'm going to take Joe Burrow and the Bengals. It's their first home game. They desperately need to prove that they are the right team. This is the right game uh, for them to do it. The Ravens already have three starters injured, and I I just think if the Bengals are really going to be the team that we're expecting, this is a game they're going to have to win. So I'm taking Cincy at home over Baltimore. Next one, Leos. We got the Lions playing the Seahawks. Give me the Honolulu and blue. I'm taking the Lions again. I was right last week. Can I be right again with my team? I'm taking the Lions. You want to know why? Well, to start things off, the Seahawks are already having a bit of a struggle with the offensive line, and they might be losing their both of their starting tackles. For the Lions, yeah, we're already having some injuries as well. Our starting left tackle is uh, battling a lingering injury, but you know what? This Lions team is different compared to last season. It's their first home game with expectations. The game is sold out. It's going to be loud. It's going to be nuts. The The Seahawks did not look good week one. I think they should play better in this up-and-coming game, but I don't think they're going to be the team that people are expecting. I think the Lions are going to be pissed because the Seahawks were the team that knocked them out last year. They had a chance to go to the postseason, but Seattle won, and they made it instead of the Lions. And so I think this is going to be a bit of a revenge game. If there was a game on the schedule, I think that the team would be 110% ready for. It's this one here. Give me the Lions. On to the next one. Chargers at Titans. Um, Until I can see a game with Ryan Tannehill not looking awful, I'm not even going to consider it. Give me the Chargers. On to the next one. Bears at Buccaneers. Give me Baker Mayfield. I might be crazy, but you know what? The Bears are on the road now. Justin Fields still looks like the same quarterback we've seen for the last two years now, which is an amazing athlete on the ground. But when it comes to passing the ball, it looks very rough at times, whether it's running out of a clean pocket, running the wrong way, improvising when he shouldn't, overthrowing, underthrowing. I honestly am going to take this Buccaneers team to knock off another NFC North team in the Bears. On to the next one. Maybe I am crazy. I might have to update this one depending on injuries. Chris Jones is finally back for the Chiefs, and they are going to be going to Jacksonville. I'll put it this way, and I'll update you as it goes, because I don't want to ever make it feel like I'm changing picks, uh, but we still have a couple days, and this is a big one. If Travis Kelsey is out, give me Jacksonville. If Travis Kelsey plays, give me Kansas City. Until I hear that Kelsey is healthy, I'm going to have Jacksonville locked in right now. I will update you on Facebook, or again, if you're listening to this episode, you will know um, if Kelsey is healthy and comes back to play week two, I'm taking the Chiefs. So that is where we're at with this one. Hopefully I'm not breaking the rules there. Again, we still, I'm doing these predictions on a Wednesday night for the Thursday episode. So I'm trying to make sure you guys uh, get your content, but I also want to make sure I'm giving you the best picks when I'm doing mine. On to the next one. I am going to pick the Houston Texans to win their home opener against the Indianapolis Colts. It is a home field advantage. It's going to be a friendly environment for C.J. Stroud. It will not be a friendly environment 
for Anthony Richardson. This is going to be a fun, young, budding rivalry for several years, and I can't wait to see the start of this one. I'm going to take Houston, even though I like the Colts roster a little bit more. Both of them have inexperienced quarterbacks, and I'm going to take the one that's going to be feeling a little more comfortable this week. Give me Houston. On to the next one. I'm going to take the 49ers to go on the road and defeat the Los Angeles Rams. The the 49ers have been the Rams kryptonite for several years now, and I think that this is one of those times, too, where the Rams are not better than the 49ers. So give me San Fran. I did like what the, the Rams did um, the first season knocking off or the first game of the season knocking off Seattle. But I'm going to take San Fran here. On to the next one. Giants at Cardinals. <sighs> I'm going to take the G. man But I don't think this will be a pretty game by any means. I am. I, I'm really hoping they bounce back and knock off a team that they desperately should. The Cardinals should not be favored in a single game this season. So give me the G-men. I'm expecting them to win this one. On to the next one. Jets at Cowboys. Um, I'm going to take Dallas. This is a pretty safe pick in my opinion. If Aaron Rodgers was healthy, this would be a different story. But again, yikes. The unfortunate thing about Aaron Rodgers getting hurt is the Jets were put on so many primetime games. This one's going to be the game on CBS at 4.30. And I don't really want to watch it if it's going to be Zach Wilson. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to see a lot of bad primetime games with the Jets this year. What's different? But I'm going to pick America's team. They're healthier. They have their quarterback, and it is home field advantage. Give me Dallas. On to the next one. Broncos hosting commanders. Give me Broncos country. Let's ride. I'm going to say this the same way I did with the Titans. If they, if they screw me over again and the Broncos suck and blow this game to the commanders, it's probably gonna be three weeks before I pick them again. It drives me nuts with this Denver team. They're arrogant. I don't like Sean Payton. Russell Wilson has not proven that he's actually a good quarterback since he's been wearing the, the orange and blue of Denver. I still trust him more than I trust the commanders, though. So give me Broncos country. Let's ride. On to the next one. Dolphins at the Pats. I'm going to pick Miami. Miami's kind of been a thorn in the side of the Patriots the last couple of years. Now, it's usually been when the Patriots go down to sunny Miami, but this time the Dolphins are going up to New England. I still like this passing attack. It's not cold yet in the season. Miami's going to be able to air the ball out everywhere. Give me the Dolphins over the Patriots. On to the next one. Saints at Panthers. I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints. I don't necessarily love this Saints team. I have them winning the division and being a double-digit win team, though. They have the easiest schedule in all of football this year. I feel like they play several teams that aren't even going to have winning records on the year, and I think the Panthers are going to be one of them. Expect this game to be closer than what the percentage is telling you, though. It says that they are favored by 90% of the people playing this ESPN Pick'em game. I think this will be a lot closer than people expect, only because it is the first time Panthers fans will be able to see Bryce Young live. It's going to be er, Bryce Young. I hope I said Bryce Young right. I Yeah. Bryce Young. It's the first time he's going to be playing for the Panthers in their stadium. He's going to want to have a good performance. The Panthers fans are going to be excited to see the young quarterback play. It could be a rough environment for New Orleans, but I'm taking the veteran team with a more experienced quarterback. And then for Monday night football, we got the Browns at the Steelers. Give me Cleveland. 
I like what they did last week. They knocked off the Bengals and smacked them upside the heads. Oh, sorry, the Bungles. Um, I'm, I will definitely say the Browns look like they want to win the division this year. The Steelers struggled. The Ravens didn't look convincing in their first game against Houston. And the Bungles bungled. So give me the Cleveland Browns over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Overall, my tiebreaker is... Uh, 38 points. How many total points will be scored in Browns versus Steelers? I'm saying 38. I'm predicting a 21 to 17 victory. Hopefully I did the math right there. But yeah, I think it's going to be a low scoring games. These AFC North games always seem to be ugly, even when they have high powered offenses. Anytime they're rivals and play each other, they're always sloppy games like that. So that is what those are the picks. Again, I'll go through them real quick. Eagles, Falcons, Bills, Bungles, Lions, Chargers, Bucks, Jaguars, unless Kelsey, Kelsey comes back, Texans, Niners, G-Men, Broncos, Broncos Country, sorry, Cowboys, Broncos Country, Dolphins, Saints, and the Browns to wrap up the picks. We'll see how they go um, coming back on the recap uh, for our Sunday um full of football i'll be telling you how the picks end up on monday for the max sports episode so that is going to be the end of our show today thank you all for listening i hope you enjoy your thursday night game sorry if you're a vikings fan hopefully you don't get cursed with primetime kirk cousins i desperately hope that this is going to be a good game but i'm taking fly eagles fly all night um again enjoy your football night um coming up tomorrow and uh again this has been Max Sports, bringing you some good quality football talk content. Again, I'd love to know what you thought about our power rankings earlier or our power tankings. And I'd love to know what you think of these picks. Is there something I made wrong? I love talking sports with people on here. So again, Facebook or Spotify, I'll chat with you all the time. And again, remember my little uh, uh, middle episode segment where I talk about the YouTube page. That is something that I'm going to be making and that will become the top priority of the channel soon or of the show soon. I want to eventually get a, a camera, uh, some sort of studio set up where I can record these and, and make them look really good for you guys. So I'm excited to see what the future is for this show. And uh, again, I, I hope everyone, uh, whether I don't, I don't want to say it, I hope you guys notice it when I make these episodes, but I feel like they're getting so much better every time I do them. And I hope the, the production quality to you guys seems to be going up every time I make an episode. So my name is Max. Thank you for joining me on a sports journey. Adios.